Welcome back to Archives for Aliens, the podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality. You've got the deal by now. Anyway, today I'm talking with Nate Rifkin, who has published a book on an ancient form of meditation from the Taoist tradition. I think you're really going to love what we're about to share here. Nate used to be suicidal and drank alcohol every single morning to get through the day. He dropped out of college, went broke, bankrupt, and even worked on the street corner, waving around a sign to afford rent and food. But now he's managed to turn his life around, find love, and now has an incredible life that he's written about in this beautiful book. This kind of meditation was the driving force behind his transformation, and he wants to share his story with us today. All right, I got your card. Cool. Ooh, interesting. I see. The uh, first thing I kind of thought of was when you're holding it up were kind of some stones. Um, but now, I mean, as, as you got close, I'm thinking or I'm feeling like seaweed. Like these, this is like seaweed at the bottom of the ocean kind of waving around in the darkness. I love the blue and black. So, uh, and then now I'm getting like, like an ant farm tunnel type thing. So it's really cool. It's almost like two little homes for a colony of some sort. Because you got your each little chamber there where they kind of run around and then rest and then build out and make their own. That's kind of neat. And the one and, and the one little image on the left looks more like tree bark, actually. So I'm getting a lot of nature from this one. Might be the nice yellow in the background, too. How do you think this relates to something that you'd like to share with the world tonight? Um, probably because it's really, really hard to go wrong if you you have um an interest in and and a respect for nature and for natural environments because you know the whole planet has figured out how to thrive um and humanity with our big brains you know we can we can learn a thing or two from ecosystems that have survived for millions and millions and millions of years and everything works in this interesting interplay of creation and destruction so nature it's good stuff yeah i like that and so our audience can get to know you one of the first questions i like to ask people is no pressure but what do you believe about the nature of reality oh that's a great question um i i believe that it is if if we're talking about the reality we experience, I think it's just a really sort of slim sliver on the spectrum of what is actually out there. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, and I, and I think part of our growth is becoming more and more aware of reality as it actually is and being able to see and perceive more and more of it. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of how, humans have human beings are able to see like a certain color spectrum and then you've got you've got more to that spectrum like that spectrum is just a very very thin pie slice on this entire spectrum and cats can see different parts of that spectrum uh or even if we go beyond sight um bloodhound dogs i mean an incredible sense of smell where they 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 smell in terms where they can follow a trail that, that someone's left behind, almost like carving a pad. So, um, so I think it's, it's very easy to forget that our perceptions are limited to a very, very tiny amount of what reality actually is, but that's okay because um, it, it means we can always work to increase our perception and that even our current moment right now, um, on planet Earth is only a small part of the continuum um, of our reality. If we're going to go beyond senses and we're just going to go into time, um, 
<laughs> actually, and it's a funny thing because time is kind of a, it's a concept we kind of created to wrap our minds around nothing but a, just a repeating present moment. But anyway, but the idea is just like, you know, there's more to our birth and death. There's, there's a beginning before that and an after, after that. Um, and I think, well, I think that, and also, and also that it, it, part, I think part of our existence here and part of the reason we're talking right now and that people are listening is so that we can kind of dive deeper into the, the rich layers of that reality. So that's, that's off the top of my head anyway. Yeah, I, I like all of what you just said. Uh, I think it's especially interesting to recognize how little we sense even just compared to other animals and bugs and yeah, creatures right, yeah. that we know of on the planet. It's like, well, that's just what's on this planet. That's just what we know of. So, Yeah, that's right. And it's kind of cool because uh, also we, we can see stuff that some of them can't. Uh, he was a pretty good eyesight. Um, he also reminded me of a friend of mine who he is blind in one eye and it, he's had a lot of eye problems. So at one time in his life, he was completely blind. And he told me, he's like, Nate, you would not believe how quickly my other senses strengthened. Hmm. And then how quickly they kind of died back down when he got it, one of his eyesight back. So it's, it's, it's so interesting how malleable it is. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've I've definitely heard that from other people too. I have a couple of friends that are visually impaired and oh, cool. one of them can tell like the height of a building or something like that. Okay, that's cool. Just yeah. by, I guess, knowing how much it moves. Okay, I'm totally like kind of making that up, but it's a crazy thing. <laughs> something yeah, like that. I wonder, maybe at, like the echo or something. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah, so all these things definitely do pop up. Oh, I wonder. And after reading your book, it definitely sounds like over the course of your lifetime, your senses have expanded and your perception has expanded about like how the world works. And I know you've yeah. been on a crazy journey. Yeah. So do you want to yeah. give a little summary? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the summary version is I used to, I was born to a family that the, my parents were just really not equipped to raise children. It was a very like emotionally shut down loveless family. And I was a really angry kid as a result. And as I grew up, I got depressed because, um, you know, when you get angry and it's not resolved, it can turn inward and that's, that can manifest as depression. So, um, when I, when I went to college, I kind of had ambitions to be a, a business owner of some sort of entrepreneur. And I liked working out in fitness. And that was like the only two things I had going for me. And I, I decided to drop out of college and I dove into like the world of self-help. And like you said, I mean, I, I didn't get it at the time, but my, I was a very shut down person. My perceptions were perceptions were shut down. I had very skewed biases about myself and how the world worked. I mean, and I mean, and, and to, to give you an example, that can show up as like, you know, um, I'm, I'm a loser or I've nothing like works out for me or other, other people have it lucky and I don't, or I, it, it can even show up in like very tricky sort of ways. Like, like this, this will never work out. Like blaming an outside circumstance. Um, and I, uh, I got more and more depressed. And when I was a young, like in my early twenties, I started drinking alcohol every morning to talk about shutting down your senses even more. Um, which is, I think why a lot of people find habits like that. So pleasant because if it cuts off pain, you're cutting off everything, but at least you're cutting off pain. So that's sort of the mindset behind it. And this is while I was still like doing a lot of self-help stuff that is kind of still permeating our culture, like visualization or goal setting. And I really wasn't exploring the more spiritual side of life. I, I wasn't really cultivating my inner life. Um, and it, was, it wasn't until I started learning uh, meditation, specifically from the Taoist tradition, that I kind of stumbled into turning my life around because I, I was not someone that if you approached and said, you know, exploring the spiritual side of life will actually be able to help you out. I would have been like, it's not for me. Um, 
I want more practical benefits. Um, so I had to almost be not tricked into it, but kind of like walk backwards into it. Um, and that, and that was in my mid twenties. So that was about 12, 15 years ago. And, and ever since then, I've been, been exploring deeper and deeper into the Taoist tradition, which uh, ties right back into expanding your perceptions because, um, the more shut down your perceptions are, the more you're going to be stuck in like patterns of self-sabotage and the more you're going to be unaware of the patterns and how to unravel them. Um, and any, any, any spiritual walk is going to increase your perceptions, which can be a very painful experience, but ultimately it's, it's a healthy one. Do you think that, the self-help industry is toxic in the sense that it's so surface level, uh, at least um, a lot of it. It can be. You kind of remind me of a, of a, of a weird story, but I, I, as far as I know, it's a true story. It's about this um, uh, sci-fi writer who attends like, not attends, he was actually speaking at a college lecture. Um, and a student there was like, trying to be snarky or whatever, raises his hand and says, um, all sci, or no, he says 90% of sci-fi is crud. And you know, the guy's a science fiction writer. So he gave actually, a, I think it's a great life lesson. He replied, 90% of everything is crud. Hmm. So, I mean, what I got from that is that, well, in any given thing, like the self-help industry, there's, yeah, there's going to be a ton of toxicity. But it's there's all, there could, you could also say there's a ton of toxicity in spirituality, especially when like someone say if you mix a lot of more like dogmatic uh, religious acts, aspects into it. Um, so, and it's the same thing with any anything involving like improving one's health. There could be a lot of toxicity and shame there, but there can also be a lot of benefit in um, in ridding yourself of pain and disease. So, but anyway. That giant asterisk aside, I actually, yeah, I, I do think it is very toxic because a lot of the, a lot of players in this industry, well, their first, their, you know, their priority is building as big a business out of it as they can. I don't have, I don't have a problem with someone uh, building a business, but when it gets in the way of what's truly going to help the consumer, um, that's when there's issues like that, that's when they start skewing their messaging to make it more attractive to as many people as possible. And the trouble is, if that messaging isn't actually going to help them, but it's going to grow the person's business, that's, that's, well, that's, that's how you end up with people getting people like me who truly try and truly believe in it. And, and a lot of other people like that too. And you, you, and there's a lot of frustration and, and pain and eventually you feel betrayed and more bitter. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, it's it's a huge problem and, well, it's hopefully one that over time, as, as we all grow, it gets resolved. Yeah, I could just imagine because you're dealing or you're marketing towards people in those industries who are very vulnerable. So I would think it, they're even more at risk for being not necessarily conned into something. Like you said, like there's nothing necessarily wrong with wanting more people in your self-help program or something like that, but it can actually really confuse people who are in those deep, dark places more than the average population, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a, a manifestation of it's unfortunate, but I, I, I think it's a, a fact of, of life here on earth where um, a person who has a certain kind of damage is going to uh, draw to them the the kind of perpetrator that dispenses that damage. Um, I, th I think that can happen. I, I, I certainly know it happened with me, with my parents. They're very emotionally like shut off people, very hostile people. So when it came to friends or, or potential romantic partner or date, I kept on running into hostility. I'm like, what, what is going on? So, and I, and I think the same thing happens if someone has like a codependent parent, uh, they might run into situations in their life where they're, they're called upon to rescue someone. So 
it's tragic, but it, it, yeah, it is a fact of life where it's not very, it's almost like kind of unfair. It's like, we're, we're, we're constantly hit with the same, with the very things that are catered to our weaknesses. Um, the only thing that's fair about us is it gives us a really perfect opportunity to, to really overcome that damage. How do you think that people can start to do that? Or how did you start to do it? Well, the way I started to do it, um, and, I, and I think the way a, a lot of people could do it, is that at first I focused on only the mental and the physical. Because any kind of typical self-help, which is what I engaged in, was like, um, it's all about the mind. You know, the mind, the mind is power over everything. Um, the trouble with that, is, and, and by the way, when it comes to like the mind is power over everything, under that sort of umbrella, I would put like uh, positive thinking or positive affirmations or goal setting or just, you know, taking lots of action, hard work, um, believing in yourself. And there's, there's, there's aspects of good in all that, but it, th that's, that's what I would categorize as like, it's all about the mind, the mind's power over your environment, the mind's power over your body. Um, the trouble with that is, has just I, I uh, this has been popping up over and over. This phrase in my life is like it's it's thinking about thinking, and the trouble is, especially if you're depressed, it's it's going to add fuel to looping thoughts. It's it's going to add fuel to um, the sort of the back and forth we do, where it's just where we think, oh, you know, I just I, I now I know how important my mind is and how important my thoughts are. And uh, now I'm feeling guilty because I still I still start losing my way and I still start like blaming myself. and I still start raging in my head about other people or, or or what's going on in the world. So I think that is a very destructive cycle. It was for me. Hmm. And I think that it's destructive for other people. So the way out is to focus instead on more the the energy of our being and the energy of our bodies which is where a lot of great meditative practices can come in like most people have heard of the idea of of deep breathing which is a wonderful practice um and it's foundational any kind of mystical practice or any spiritual walk deep breathing is going to be one of the pillars of that um and it, and it's it's very simple but it's very profound you just you breathe into your belly and in fact, you can even put a hand on your belly and one hand on your chest. And the idea is, as you breathe into your belly, the hand on your belly will move and rise with the fall, rise and fall of your breath, whereas the hand on your chest will be more stationary because you're truly filling your lungs. When you fill your lungs, it creates pressure that expands your belly. Um, now, that's a very simple, basic practice. The the what comes up though is a lot of people aren't properly um, educated about it. So what happens with a lot of people is they'll actually grow more anxious when they breathe properly and they'll think that's bad. But what's really going on is you're at, your body's actually getting rewired to be more calm and have more openness um, or especially around your heart. And this could be a shocking experience for a lot of people, even though it's ultimately a healthy one. Um, so a lot of people either give up or it adds to their feelings or they're just like, ah, oh, you know, this isn't working or there's something wrong with me when, when actually they're get they're working a lot of stuff out and emotions will start bubbling up and old, old traumas that have been stored in the body, especially in your organs will start coming up and they're actually getting processed. Um, but it, it could be it could be a, a emotionally intense experience. But the, the idea is to always return back to breathing deeply and turn it into um, really a daily self care practice. Um, and that is how that's like the one sort of like all right, wherever I'm at in life right now, that is like the one doorway where it's like okay. Even if I feel like I'm totally powerless everywhere else and nothing else is working, I could, I, as long as I'm alive, I still have control over how I breathe. And that's, and you could start building from there. I think that's a really practical way for people to start. Thank you for sharing that. So often it's like you have to do 
three different things before you can even get into something. But that the, with breathing, I, I love that because you can just just do it. And yeah, it's such a good reminder always. Yeah. And I mean, I, for me personally, one of my biggest resistances was that it's too basic. And I, in my mind, I, and it might be true for a lot of other people too. In my mind, if something is that basic, well, it must not be very powerful. There's somehow we just, we just, we want fancy. I wanted fancy, but the the most basic can actually be the most powerful, um, especially if if you treat it as a, a self care habit and not just like, well, I'll just I'll just pull out this ace like. Once, once every uh, three months when I need it or when I feel like I really, really need it. If you treat it as a baseline thing, almost like daily bathing, what's going to happen is you're going to dig deeper and deeper into those old emotional piles of gunk that got stuck in you. And as, as you get rid of them and you process, process them properly with deep breathing, um, you're going to notice that your life just starts to get better. It's, 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 it has a spillover effect on everything. I know I'm also an overthinker. So thinking my way out of anything just like does not work. So different kinds of movements have always helped me move through things naturally, like unconsciously, it just, you know, figures itself out. So I definitely relate. Yeah. I'm I'm an overthinker. Um, And and I, I think, Funny, uh-huh, I think. Uh, well, it kind of it kind of reminds me of two things, which is one is like once once if you if you do something like a a deep breathing meditation, you start like you know developing that more sort of um, body based spiritual side of your life or um, working with your energy, I should say. Your thoughts will become less destructive, and then that's when you know thinking can be okay because thinking is a useful tool. Um, but yeah, when you're in that place where you're like looping on thoughts and you're trying to, you're like wrestling with your thoughts, it's almost like there's a fire raging and you're trying to figure out the proper way to douse it with gasoline. Hmm. It's like, it's, it's just, it's just not going to work. It's like, well, what if I go over here and I think of this way? It's like, it's just going to, it's just going to rage even more. Yeah. So something I'm really interested in is it I know you you've gone through a lot of hard times to be able to work through all of that and get to where you are now. Um like some of the things I was reading in your book like different job failures, financial problems, all of that. Yeah. Uh like what was one thing that kept you like holding on to life and hopeful? Um well one thing was what we talked about, which was like a, a kind of a, a body-based meditation practice, uh, like akin to deep breathing, because it's something I can, no matter what's going on externally, it's something I can still devote myself to. Um, so that's that's kind of what would kept me going. And another, and I, since I already talked about that, I, I if, if you don't mind, I could throw in one more. Sure. Um, which is what whatever life stripped away from me, and I, I, you know, I went through a lot where I went when I went through a bankruptcy, um, and I had to, and I had to basically start career wise from the very bottom. Um, I I treated all of that as an opportunity to to simplify and and um, I was going to say downgrade my life. It was you could see it as downgrading, but really it was simplifying. Um, and I was prepared to simplify as much as it took so that I, I was coming, I was no longer coming from a place of lack, um, lack in terms of spending more than I was making or, or overextending myself in terms of like, you know, uh, the projects I was trying to create. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I remember one point I emailed my friend and asked, um, if, uh, would it be okay if I like parked in front of his place and slept in my car if I lost my uh, condo? Uh, he, he said no, by the way. So oh. <laughs> I was like, well, so, and he, he had a young, he's married and had a young kid at that point. So I was like, all right, all right good point. But failing that, I mean, I, I never, I, I always maintain my 
condo. I, I, I could, it was like, this is back in the day though. It was like 525 bucks a month. I could always, I could always afford that. Um, but failing that I would have, I would have moved into a spare bedroom or got, or sold my car or some combination, whatever it took to simplify even more, because I realized that, you know, my life was kind of spiraling down because I hadn't built the proper foundations for it. And until I did nothing could replace that. Like there's no way I could rebuild my life until those foundations were set. So, so that, that, that was, that was the other thing that, that helped me kind of, um, uh, get, get, you know, kind of get through it all and actually grow as a result was, Hey, use as an opportunity to simplify. Yeah. So kind of viewing it as like a learning experience. Yeah. And the, the best ones we have are often not fun, <laughs> but, but they're the ones that reach us. So yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be painful learning experience, but it's going to be one that, that, that reaches you for sure. Yeah, I found in all the people that I've talked to about anything like this, there's always something that people hold on to. So it's interesting that that was your thing, the that meditative feeling and that other connection, I guess, with a different kind of energy. Yeah, that's cool. And I guess I, I don't know, but I'm guessing when you say that, that they always had something, it was probably something that was within them or some kind of a practice that they did. Yeah. I know. I mean, for myself, I know it's my art. Like that's all like Mm, the need to make art and express myself and better my paintings. That's always like gotten me through things. Yeah, that's cool. And I, again, I don't know, I don't know the answer to this, but uh, um, because I I don't, I'm not uh, an artist like you necessarily, at least not like uh, visually, but um, I'm guessing that the constraints that you work with, like in terms of the, the medium or the, uh, the, 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 the implements you use, those constraints actually can enhance your art mm-hmm. because now you're limited by them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, before I had a studio or before I could work big or I only had this amount of materials, all that kind of stuff. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, it's a similar yeah, so thing. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. But I've I've talked to people who've done it with um, sports or writing or just like any number of things. But um, I mean, I guess I pretty much have only talked to people who kind of gone on to be on the other side. So it's it's interesting mm. also too thinking about how or I think about it a lot, how I can help connect people with whatever that is, because it's so different for everyone. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And what else? Where, where else should we go from here? So, well, this is just a random question, but I'm wondering because you simplified so much, do you still live a very minimal lifestyle? Is that something that you've held on to that you found benefit in, or was it just something you did at the time? Well, I, I have held on to it. Um, I, I think it's also like important to to recognize that simplicity. So for me, simplicity is always um, a relative thing because it's more about um, how do I put this? It's like it, it's living within your own limit. Not I won't say. It's, I'm going to get this. It's like living within uh, in a way where you're not overextending yourself and, and having that self-knowledge of what overextending yourself is. Now, for me back in the day, when I was um, making $10 an hour, um, if I spent like more than my $525 a month on a fancier condo, um, that would have been overextending myself. If I went to, if I went to a movie once a week, um, this is back when movie theaters are still open. Um, that would have been overextending myself. I actually, I actually made a, a conscious choice that I would spend zero dollars on entertainment. Today, I can go see a movie once a week, you know, and um, and I, I actually own my own home now, and my mortgage is, is more than five hundred twenty-five dollars a month. Yet, I still have that um, 
that devotion is simplicity ingrained in me. Um, my wife, and, and, and it's, I'm actually really glad you asked that because it's gotten to the point where my wife and I, we actually, in, we take pleasure in kind of going over our finances and seeing how we can live beneath our means mm. and, and safely invest money. And, um, and we're, we're, we're laughing about it, just kind of joking with ourselves about it because it's just like, we have fun. Like our, our big splurges would be like quality food or, um, she loves to cook and I like, I like to eat the food she cooks. So it's like, we're just, and the reason we're laughing is because these are not like extravagant things. It's like, we're just tickled by it, you know, cause she, she has a very similar background. She went through a lot of uh, financial hardship. So I, I think part of the journey of going through our, our years and years of simplification was that we would come out the other end with, with the respect for it. Um, so, and which is why, to this day, neither one of us have fallen back into some really terrible financial situation. We we got the lesson, um, and we actually it, it gets to the point where we actually enjoy uh, saving money. So yeah, um, I, I definitely to this day um, still uh, devote myself to a, a simple life, and um, and and I I, th- I think I always will, e- even if I'm able to to live. A more extravagant life. It's gonna. It's going to be very, very simple compared to if I were just to max myself out. Yeah. What's really interesting about that is it sounds like you find so much more joy in some of those things than yeah. most people do. Yeah. And yeah. It's 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 kind of wild too. And a lot of I'm, I'm not judging, but a lot of people I'm guessing would. Who, who might be in a situation where they are overextending themselves might be able to enjoy the same things that I do. And yet they're kind of like, ah, no, 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 this, they're not, they're not satisfied. They, they would want a more, um, a more extravagant vacation. Like, I, like at this point, like I don't even own a car. Um, I owned a car when I made $10 an hour. Now I do not have a car. Now I'll probably get one in the future. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it is, it is things like that where it, it's just like, if, if you, here, here, here is the lesson for me by actually enjoying and relishing living a simple life, um, the positive habit becomes unstoppable. If someone like has that need to overextend themselves and they have that same sort of craving and urge while simultaneously they're, they're like almost running away from a simple life. Destruction, their, their draw toward destruction is going to be just as powerful because it's all about like what we, what we are naturally drawn to. So it's best to get those forces like working Mm. with you rather than against you. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you feel like you live a very abundant life. I feel like I do. Well, it's something I learned. Um, I also uh, uh, loaded trucks for a living. And that's what I learned through experience. If I can get a good night's sleep and a good cup of coffee in the morning, which were available at my job, so I didn't even have to buy any coffee. Um, and I'm, And I work around kind people. I'm good. Like that is it. And if I'm lacking in those, Oh boy, it's, there's not a lot that's going to make up for that. Mm. Yeah. Those are so such simple things really. Although I do know, you know, a lot of people probably struggle with working around kind people if you don't necessarily have control over that. Yeah. And that's, and that's something, uh, actually I learned right after the truck loading job. That's kind of how I learned it because I transferred to uh, another department where the people were not kind. So that was where I learned a lesson where, um, I realized when it comes to like a, a job description that someone might want, there's a big difference between, you know, what you think you want before when you're still like reaching out and trying to get it versus when you actually land it. And I realized, um, in any kind of um, venture I have in the future, because I'm, I'm self-employed right now, um, but including like clients I work with or if any, anyone I work with, I don't care how like 
um, sexy the project is, if the people involved are not like um, people that are are going to like be kind and joyful and people that I'm like aligned with, then it's best for me to take the pay hit and, and, and go do something else. And yeah, my, uh, I mean, I, uh, my heart goes out to anyone who struggles with coworkers that are not kind. I would just hope this per, I would hope that you could get out of that situation. Um, even if it means you have to struggle in some other ways, like if you sleep better at night, it's worth it. Yeah, I could imagine that's probably true. And I mean, I know so yeah, many people, you know, struggle to have a good relationship with their finances. And it, it sounds like that's something that you've really tackled to the point that it's something that makes you happy to, you know, to work on and to think about. Yeah, um, I think one's it's it's like one's finances. Um, it's. There's there's an old phrase I remember hearing uh, many many years ago. It, it was for business owners where the phrase was "Your business is your guru." Uh, so to take that into the realm for anyone, your finances are your guru. And some people might not like me for this, but you know, it's hopefully you'll hear the message and get something out of it. The idea is that if you have like a spiritual walk. And you have like practices you do, or you just feel drawn to explore the spiritual side of your life. You can look at your finances as a guru that's teaching you about yourself. Because if you're trying to be a more spiritually evolved person, but you're growing deeper and deeper into debt, you can look at that. And, and this is like over time. This, it's not about like if you have a sudden shock or a medical emergency or something like that. I just mean like you, the daily way you live over years and years. If you're growing deeper into debt, that's like a teacher for you. And it's it's exposing something for you to work on. Not, not in a guilt trip kind of way, but it's just like, oh, OK, OK. This is an area where I can devote more attention, where I can... Um, well, like we were talking about earlier, open my perceptions. I mean, when I when I was in my downward spiral, I would get credit card bills in the mail and I would put them on the floor and I would, oh, look, magically, other mail would go on top of them. Talk about me having shut down perceptions. I mean, I had a mental block as thick as a bank vault. Um, and it was it was it was disastrous for me. It was, it was terrible. So um, nowadays, you know, and well, not just nowadays, but what helped, what got me to climb out of it was increasing my awareness of how, just like with a, a spiritual walk, how something as simple as deep breathing can help align your energy, balance your energy. Well, your finances are, are another form of energy. Mm. And if, if you um, take the care to map out all right, what can, how, what can I, what do I, what are my basic needs? How can I cover those and do so in a way where I still have a little bit left over that I can save? Um, and as a result of saving, I can look at that and be like, hey, I'm, I'm growing wealthier. Now, it may only be a few dollars, but that is more wealth. Um, because that, I mean, I, I've read, I could have a stack of law of attraction books today if I actually kept them. You know, but the most powerful thing I that ever worked for me up until this point in my life was if I want to attract something, I actually have to start building it myself. So saving a few dollars a week or 30 bucks a week was my way of saying, no, 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 I really am building wealth. And that's what helped um, smooth out my career and make it easier to actually um, build better finances and a better career. So, so yeah, I mean, I, th I think a major problem with uh, people who are, are really, you know, they're definitely passionate, dedicated to the spiritual side of their life or the emotional side of their life. They create separation with their finances when it, it's, it, it would be probably healthier to look at it as an integrated whole because there's, there's no separation. I mean, ev everything is related to everything. Everything affects everything. That's, oh, well, that's, that's how nature works on this planet. Yeah, I I think it's really interesting how you chose to focus on on saving 
as a form of building wealth. Um, because sometimes when I hear people talk about saving, it can kind of come across in a negative way, like saving, like as in holding on to something, as in like gaining things that you don't need out of fear or something for the future. But I think the way that you put it, it makes a lot of sense that it's kind of like a re a reframe oh, or something. I mean, like that. yeah, I think it's like the the mindset you have can either bless what you're doing or it can pollute what you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, so yeah, if, if someone is, let's, let's not even use the word saving. If someone is hoarding money um, because they're scared and, and then you could have someone um, from the outside who had, who's doesn't even know the person is judging them could say, Whoa, look, you're, 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 you're withholding the, the, you know, uh, this, this money and you're just keeping it for yourself. Um, and yet both those things are a, a result of, of, of attitude and not, it's, it's not the action. It's just how we kind of the picture we paint about the action. I mean, if, if, if you look at nature, mm -hmm. um, any, any, in any ecosystem, like plants will thrive by consuming resources, um, and part of those resources will go, go towards building themselves up and they'll, as a result, they will throw off other resources. Like, um, if you or I are staying, we're standing in a forest. I don't think a single tree is going to complain that we're hoarding all the oxygen because as a result, we are going to give those trees the carbon dioxide that they need. Um, and, pr and probably someone who's a botanist or someone would, would, be like Nate that you know you're oversimplifying or something like that, but you get the idea. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all it's all like all about the story, I guess that you, yeah. that you're telling yourself and that you're telling other people about it, even more than what is actually literally yeah. going um, on there. And I know a, a a good friend of mine. He is um, uh, he's a professional investor, and his mindset is: look, the better I invest. For the next many years or decades, the more I'm going to be able to give back eventually. Now, one now one can debate about that and say, um, well, perhaps the the less you are able to give at this present moment could be more valuable in certain circumstances rather than a, a more later. But the, the but the point the point is. Um, there's there's kind of an understanding that it's not necessarily a, a selfish act. Um, what you're doing can can eventually help everyone thrive. Um, it's 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 all about your your purpose. It's not like you said. It's it's not the action itself. Um, there's there's a story behind it. So when I yeah when I started saving, um, it it was coming from a place of like, I, I need to build up my own battery first. Um, I mean, I was just on a, a Southwest flight the other day. So I heard the old spiel about put your, put your mask on first. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true in a lot of things in life. And so I know you're you're self-employed and running a business. Um, I actually don't know what, oh, what is a, your business. Well, I am a writer. Uh, I, like kind of my current self-employment is I work in the, uh, the advertising copywriting world. I, I write about like um, mostly about like natural nutritional supplements. Um, and also my book is sort of like my new venture that I hope to eventually create a, a much, you know, more uh, extensive business around. So, so yeah, that's what I do for a living right now. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Oh, I had no idea. I was starting to wonder, like, do you help other people build businesses? You certainly like have a very solid understanding. It seems like of going from nothing to something in like a very yeah, reasonable well, way, which is what well, I recognize. Well, I, I like to nerd out on it. That's for sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should be doing that. I don't know. I mean, if I feel called to, but I just, yeah, I just, I just keep going on this stuff. Cause I mean, that's, I, I've been, I, I've had a interest in this sort of thing for many, many years. So, so that's probably, that's, uh, you're, you're definitely picking up on that. Yeah. Where do you think you want to take things with this um, book? You know, I, 
went through my own personal hell because I didn't know what was what what I eventually wrote about in the book, which is the idea of working on the energy in your body and how um, doing practices from the Taoist spiritual tradition could really help your, your your entire life. So where I want to take this book is introducing it to people who might be in the same position. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who, one, they're kind of stuck in the world of trying to improve themselves by working on their mind. And they might be uh, frustrated with that. Or there might be people who want to explore the more spiritual side of life, but it's it's kind of like, there's so much out there. Where do you begin? What do you do? So that's why I kind of wrote my book in a way where it's like, all right, here's where I was at. Here's what I learned as I went through this, this, and this. So it's kind of like, if you're like starting from scratch, this could be the book that gets you going. So, I mean, I, I just, for the next, however many years or decades, I want to, I want to talk about that and, and get people started. And, and, uh, you know, on the practical side of that is, um, uh, there, there's a lot more cool teachings where it came from. So anyone who likes the book, I want to start doing, you know, like in-person training and stuff like that. Um, that's if, if I could, if I could wave my magic wand to be doing that, you know, 10 years from now, I'll be, I'll be a happy dude. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, so kind of just like passing that along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's very little known, so I I kind of realized I'm in, I'm in a good position to uh, make it more well known. So maybe that's what I'm here for. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially because of your writing. Um, uh, how did you learn to write? Did you just start? Yeah, writing? I mean, I I, I remember. I forget who originally said it, or maybe multiple people did, but I mean, the idea is that talent, if you have a talent for something, it's kind of something where you do it and other people are like, wow, you're pretty good. And your, and your reaction is to be kind of confused Um, because it's like, well, yeah, I'm just doing such and such. And then someone has to tell you, no, that's actually, that's actually rather unique. Like that, that to me was always a neat definition of a talent. Like, like you with your art, um, people probably go, wow, that's amazing. You're just like, just, I just really love art. Well, a lot of people love art, but they can't, they can't create canvas canvases like you do. So, um, I, I think from just an early age, I just liked writing and I was just kind of into it. Um, and I just kept doing it. And then along the way, I, I, I was very fortunate that enough people were just like, not bad. Yes, that's pretty good. You're a good writer. Um, mm. Cause it, it, you know, a lot of people, it's really tragic that uh, at a very early age, someone might tell them you're no good and it squashes their yearning to actually do it. Um, so. Yeah. I, I hear about that. Unfortunately, a lot with creative things and like, thankfully I didn't go to art school. So I didn't <laughs> yeah, get squashed. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I would have gotten very sure, squashed. Yeah. I mean, I never went to got a writing school. So yeah, that's, yeah, it's probably a good thing. I, yeah. I, I hope there are some good ones out there, but yes. Yeah. I, I, I definitely. There might be. And there, there might also be some people that could handle it. And like, I, maybe I could handle it now, but not at that age. Yeah. Cause you, you I, I've found people can fall one of two ways. Um, and they both have their own sort of like, advantages and, and, and pain that goes with them. Like if someone like a, usually it's a parent, if someone, um, you know, like poo poo something you're doing one reaction is to be like, Oh yeah, I'm bad. Like I could have, if my mother had, had chastised my writing, I could have been, or, or anything I could be like, Oh, I'm bad. Or I, and this is actually more my reaction. If she chastised me about something, um, to react to be like, oh, you are bad. Um, each has its own advantages and disadvantages. Cause like in the former, it's like, oh, I'm bad. There's still sort of a, a quasi healthy relationship maintained. Um, so that person could go on and develop more healthy relationships, but they might have their own self-esteem issues. With me, I was at least able to see my own value, but it affected my relationships because um, 
I was very closed off to other people because I had the pattern of, no, you're bad. So that kind of kept unconsciously looping with everyone. Um, so I, 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 and I think that, I think that's true with a, a lot of creative people. Like um, they might be able to withstand or criticism at a young age, but it's still going to impact them somehow in some other way, which I, who knows, maybe that's why a lot of creative people might have some pretty um, chaotic per, personal lives. Could be. Yeah. I think the whole thing is it doesn't quite align well with uh, our yeah, society. There's still some stuff to be worked out there. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little mismatch between art and capitalism, but they're starting to become friends in different areas, and people are exploring yeah, that. I, I, I mean, I think it's even bigger. It's just a kind of a mismatch between um, creativity and just how how humans overall operate. There's a, there's a, actually a great book mm. I, I uh, read for the second. Well, first I listened to the audiobook, then I read it. It's called how to fly a horse. Um, and it, it's a, it's a, it's a cool mm. book. Yeah. Um, and I, I read a lot of books that are good, but this one was one where I'm like, no, this is actually a really good book. And it's all about how humans create. And it's not only that, but the history of, of creation and how it gets squashed. Um, so it's it's amazing we've um, we managed to stay around as a species, but we're we're working it out. Yeah, no, that sounds really it's interesting. Cool and I mean, I even do think there's so many so many different things that go along with creativity. It it needs a lot of unstructured time in general, and something that's happened over the last hundred years is like our time has gotten even more. Like by the hour, by the minute. So I think that's part of it. I'm not sure. I guess that came from the industrial revolution. Uh, Yeah, and electricity. Um, So we're able to kind of um, keep choose when we have daylight, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And now I think that the next sort of layer on top of that is, is digital distraction. So it's sort of this new thing that's just like we're not kind of designed to be able to withstand it. So we have to kind of, we kind of have to, it's, and I think both come down to like, we have to navigate more choice. Um, You know, we could choose to have a lot of interaction input from say the internet. We can choose when we want our, our lights on and our machines working. So, so now we have, it's almost like we're, we have to be more uh, mature about just because we can have something Going back to simplification, um, how how do we properly use it, you know, for for a more creative, prosperous life? Yeah, that's so true. Someone was telling me the other day that they thought like one of the most important things for the future is going to be deciding what we don't do. Oh, that's cool. Like for the first time, we have to instead of figuring out what we should do, it's what we what we should not. Yeah, do. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's it's like having uh, a no, uh, an abundance of calories um, because we're very efficient at creating food. So now it's which mm-hmm. what food do we not you know choose to add to our lives? Yeah, I, to- I yeah I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's like attention calories. Should be a word for that. <laughs> yeah, not to think of a word for that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this wisdom. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This has been really cool. I, I, you know, I loved your input and questions. So I, I just, I just hope you know uh, anyone who hears this will that that there's going to be a, a positive impact as a result. Yeah. Do you have any any tips for people who might be like currently struggling with their finances in a you know in a serious significant way and they're looking for something that they can either do or some kernel of hope, you know, where, what would you point people um, towards? Well, I can, I can just draw from my experience, which is that um, the answer 
is is always going to come down to even if you're like currently looking for a job and that it's like well that you if, if you don't have a job you're going to need the income so yeah definitely keep looking for the for your job but while doing that always remember that simplifying your life and reducing your expenses is always going to be a virtuous thing in that situation always and it can impact you in ways that you won't anticipate um when i started when I cut my spending down to as little as I could basically survive on and started saving money, I noticed I had fewer problems with my car, like stuff, like little things like that expenses that used to surprise me just wouldn't. It it was very interesting how that worked. Um, So, so there, even if it doesn't seem like, you know, like logical in this binary way, um, starting the saving habit will help you in a more roundabout, you could say, uh, you know, three-dimensional way. And the other side, the other thing I would say is that um, I went through a bankruptcy and if someone is really facing down a situation where even just the math, the math just doesn't work. um, I I was facing that. It's like, wait, even the minimum payments on these debt collectors that are calling me, it's like, I have a full-time job. It, this ain't working. Um, I went through one, um, and it, it was it was a, overall it was a healthy experience for me long term. So if if someone is facing that down, you know uh, the the cool thing about our culture today is that it's it's not a point of shame. Um, if, if and if someone gives you grief for it, well, the problem is that not you. So kick them to the curb. <laughs> you know, so, so that, those are the two tidbits I would say. Okay, I think that's pretty good. And you are in charge of leaving our listeners with a weekly challenge. Ooh, cool. Should... It can be absolutely anything okay. you like. You're in charge. Oh, I'll I'll accept the I'll accept this authority with uh, an equal amount of responsibility. Um, my challenge would be the deep breathing we talked about earlier. Um, do set a timer and do at least 60 seconds daily. Um, and guess how I know this works because that is how I started with a lot of these spiritual practices. And it's something I still do today. You've got 60 seconds. Everyone has 60 seconds for the, so for the next week, once a day, and if you really want to get an A plus on this challenge, add five seconds per day. So by the end of the week, you'll be at what, 80, 85 seconds or something, almost a minute and a half. Um, and by doing this, it's almost like that tiny savings habit. You might think it won't make a difference, but if you do it for the whole week, by the end of that week, you are building a solid habit that's going to have positive ripple effects on absolutely everything you do. And it's going to have positive ripple effects on your community and the world around you. So I think that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. And if anyone does this challenge and has a life-changing experience or just experiences anything that you want to share, please do send me a message. And I'm going to be doing a whole episode on um, the challenges that we've been doing on Archives for Aliens for the last couple months. So please share. And if anyone would like to find you and uh, connect with you in any way, where would you send people? Uh, Well, thank you. Um, TheStandingMeditation.com. That's where people can learn more about my book. It's called The Standing Meditation. Um, And it's, they can also just find it on Amazon. But um, that is something that I put over three years of writing into. And it's based on 12 years of going through my own personal hell and climbing out of it. And if I could, you know, hand the book to my younger self, Um, I would, but the next best thing is to have it available for people who get something out of it. So thestandingmeditation.com. 
And I'll also add in on that. It's a really oh, good you. book. It's a really, it's a really smooth read. Uh, but I also, I appreciate so much how deep you went and how authentic you were in sharing all those little stories, even from your childhood and things like that. That's a lot, 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 a lot. There you go. Get back uh, yeah, into recording. Okay. Every every time. <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes the spirit this happens. Realm, that could be a thing. I mean, I have some teachers. It's like when you get when you when it gets intense and you're talking about spiritual stuff, sometimes things go haywire. Yeah, yeah. I actually I had someone on a couple weeks ago who we have in all types of technology things, and she said that every time she walks into a room, she has causes a technology flare up and I was like okay you warned me about this but all right <laughs> we're seeing it um <laughs> uh, well this was such um a pleasure to talk to you and get to know you uh, thank you so much for reaching out and being here well thank you it, 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 it was an honor it was an honor honor to be your guest so thank you and I'll talk to everyone next week for more Archives for Aliens.